In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. The whole core and essence of Christianity, besides being about joy, is also about sacrifice. There's this wonderful balance of give and take. We give of ourselves and we receive from God. We give of ourselves in sacrifice to Him and to others, and then we receive from him in joy. In Galatians 2.20, St. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ, that it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And then he goes on to say, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So the basic foundation and the model of this sacrifice is granted by our Lord himself. But St. Paul says something very important here. He says, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And that's a wonderful thing to say, but how much more it is to live it. It's, it's good to say, it's not me, but it's, it's someone else. Um, if you look at relationship, for instance, um, when people are married, they'll say, it's not just my will, not my decision, it's our decision. But how often does that actually happen? We say it. Uh, if you're in a, a club, an organization, even a team that does something, it's very easy to say, no, we're all working as a team. It's not about me, it's about the team. And we say things like that. But St. Paul makes a statement and then qualifies it very importantly. The first thing he says is, I have been crucified with Christ, so I have taken the ultimate step, I have made the ultimate sacrifice, I've been crucified with Him, so it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. That's a great statement, but then he goes on to say, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And that's what it takes to fully give yourself to someone or something, you must love it. There must be a great love. Whether you're talking about the romantic level with lifelong relationships and marriage, whether you're talking about friendships, you're talking about business partnerships, you're talking about people collaborating together, whatever it is, there has to be love for you to actually give yourself. Because as humans, we don't like to give, we don't like to give of ourselves. We, we like to keep. God created us initially in his image and likeness, so he made us as giving, sacrificial, loving beings. But in our brokenness of humanity, we feel like we have to protect ourselves. It's um, was talking about various countries where there are, there's a, a culture of, of bribery, where people take bribes and take things and, and feel that they have an entitlement. And when you come to the core of it, sometimes it's because it's so deeply buried in culture where they think, you're not providing for me, 
the state's not providing for me, I'm not getting enough money, I can't feed my family, I can't do my things. I'm not justifying it, but just giving a, a context. So therefore, I have to look after myself. If you're not going to give me, I'm going to take it for myself. That comes from a sense of, of, of fear, and it comes a sense, uh, from a sense of vulnerability. So if I feel like I'm not getting things, or no one's giving them to me, then I need to take them for myself. I won't give of myself. And sometimes if we feel that we're traveling through life's path alone, then of course I have to hoard along the way. I have to take things, rain up, save up for a rainy day. I have to store. Whether it's money or goods or relationships or affection or, or, or a sense of importance or titles or anything, we feel like we need more and more and more. It's no longer a sense of survival. It's a sense of necessity because I feel that if no one's going to give me anything, then I have to take it for myself. But for someone like St. Paul to reach this level, he must have thought, you know what? I have complete faith in God. I know what he can and will do for me. Therefore, I can give of myself completely. I can empty myself out totally. And I know that what I'm going to receive is going to be abundantly more. So the way, the life I'm living now is in the faith of the Son of God who gave himself for me. It all starts with realizing what we have received first. If I feel like I have to take for myself, then I'm never satisfied. I'm always feeling a little bit troubled. I'm feeling vulnerable. I'm feeling like one day I'm going to be in need and no one is going to give me. Like the prodigal son who sat having fed the swine and would have, as Gospel of St. Luke tells us, would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate. But they wouldn't even give him that. But then he came to himself and said, hang on, I have nothing, but I know who is generous. I know who is gracious. I know who deals with his servants with great generosity. So therefore, he must, go, he must be going to deal with me with that same sense of generosity. So I will rise now, I will go to my father, and you know what, if I'm just eating bread in his house, as a servant, I know I'll be provided for. So it's a matter of provision. It's a matter of confidence. Confidence in what God can and does and will give me. We have selective amnesia when it comes to God. We remember sometimes, we forget most of the time. So the minute I need something and it needs to be provided, I'll pray. And I say, God, you know, you've done this for me in the past 
And so therefore I'm praying, and if you do it for me, I will be eternally grateful. And then the minute he does it, for about five minutes, we think, God, you are magnificent, you are gracious, you are all-powerful. Look at what you've done. I thank you so much. And then it feels like it's just always been there. It's like, I've always had it. I was never without it. And I forget who gave it to me. But St. Paul never forgot. He said, because the Son of Man gave himself for me, so therefore I give myself to him. It's not an equivalent transaction in any sense. Because our Lord in his incarnation, in his crucifixion, in his resurrection, has resurrected us, has raised us all, has given us a completely new life. When we give ourselves to him, it doesn't benefit him at all. It benefits me. I benefit because I'm now in safe hands. I feel like I'm protected. I'm in the hands of a mighty God who will hold me and protect me. What we need to realize is if we don't do that, we're never going to be able to receive. Because we fill ourselves with so many things of this world that we think, well, I don't have room for anything else. And I'll give you a very small indication. Just a very small indication. Consider the last time you thought, I want to give time to God. And you get up, you go to work, you do what you need to do, you might meet some friends socially after work, you come home and you'll catch up on some more work, catch up on your social media, catch up on various things you want to do. And then by the end of the night, you reach a level where you think, ah, you know, I wanted to spend time with God, but I just don't have any more time. I don't have a mind for it. I don't have a place for it. I can't do it at the moment. Why? Because I am so saturated by what I've received from the world that I don't leave space for him. So if I take from the world constantly, yes, it'll be there, but then it also evaporates very quickly. It gives me an illusion of being full like certain cuisines, you know, you know when you go and you have dinner that you make sure you take snacks home with you because in the, you know, in about 10 minutes you're going to be hungry again. You feel really full at the time, but, you know, I've seen lots of smiles out there, we've all done it. And that's what the world's like, it fills us. It tastes good at the time, it feels like it does the job, it tastes like it satisfied me, but then it just evaporates, goes. But in that interim period, I feel, well, thank you, God. You know, I really love you. I do love you, but I just don't have time right now. You 
you often ask people, have you been praying? So, you know, I, I wanted the prayer. I've just been tied up with so many things. I've got so much on my plate. I'm dealing with so much. I'm trying to resolve so many issues. I'm trying to fix so many problems. I'm trying to solve so many parts of my life. I just don't have time to pray. Now, surely, if you give of yourself to prayer, you will receive solutions. You'll receive things that only come from God. Philippians 4.19 My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. My God shall supply all you need. All of it. And you think, yeah, yeah, I know you say that and it's nice, but does it really work? Well, actually, yes. Let me ask you, why, and this isn't the only indication of holiness, but it's, it's, it's a, an extreme indication. Why do people leave the world and leave everything in the world to live a monastic life? No one's a fool. These people aren't fools. These people have made conscious, proactive, intelligent choices. And even if they haven't, the vetting and screening process in the monasteries makes sure, to the best of our ability, that no one has just made a knee-jerk reaction and decides to leave everything behind. They do that because they realize that in giving themselves to God, He will provide all their needs. Now, I am by no means asking you all to become monks and nuns. But in our own small way, in the world where we live today, we need to give of ourselves and not hold on to so much in the world and just let go of it. It's a well-known fact that in, in poorer societies, there is sometimes less stress of losing things because you don't have things. It has other stresses and other concerns, but you're not constantly bolting and locking your doors or hiding money or valuables because you just don't have any. And in a sense, some of the church fathers have actually mentioned this, in a sense, that is liberating. It's liberating. I don't know about, about you, but have you ever one day just woken up and you've been on holiday, you're in a hotel room, and you take your wallet and your passport on your phone and your valuable jewelry and everything and leave it in the safe in the room or in the room and close up and you walk out and you think, wow, this is strange. I don't have to look over my shoulder. I don't have to worry about losing something or having something stolen or someone looking at it in a certain way or me just being careless. Sometimes it's that letting go that liberates us. But we can only let go if we know that our needs will be fulfilled. Don't ever let go of things if you are 
not sure. Do I mean then you've got to be absolutely certain about every decision? No, because you can't be absolutely certain about every decision. Many decisions are going to be taken with some consideration, a lot of prayer, and then faith. No matter what those decisions are. But when I'm dealing with God, if I know that God will provide for me, and I've dealt with some people who have left jobs with large incomes or left very prominent positions, and they've got a plan that they want to serve in ministry or do something with their lives or travel somewhere or do something, and they feel that God has been so specific, has called them in such a certain way to do that. Now, no one is asking you to let go of everything. Because in all your lives, living here in this world, you have things you need to hold on to. Whether it's your work, your studies, your finances, your families. You have things to hold on to. They should never take the place of God, but they are a reality in your lives. But at least if you know that to a certain extent I don't have to be so hung up about a certain element of my life because I know that I'm in God's hands. I'll do my best. I'll work my hardest. I'll put in my greatest effort. I'll be as faithful as I can. But that's it. That's all I can do. And when I do that, I just let go. And that is such a beautiful thing, to be able to just let go. In a different life, I would have loved to, to parachute, jump. Never got around to doing it. Don't think I'll ever get around to doing it now. I have my own parachute. Don't think it'd be enough to stop me from falling like a rock. But if you imagine the first time you go and you jump and you've got an instructor with you, it must be so liberating to just let yourself go, knowing that you are held by someone who is experienced, knowledgeable enough, and faithful to you, if for no other reason, but that you're strapped to him. So he has to look after you. And in that sense, it's just liberating. And so if you imagine that same scenario in your life, if I feel like I'm connected to God, God is everything. He's all-powerful. He's skillful. He's faithful. I'm attached to him. And I'm happy to free fall because he has me. Because in one in one aspect of it, I'm free falling, but actually I'm not, because I'm attached to him. It feels like I am, but I'm being directed, I'm being protected, I'm being guided. It's that connection that we have to be very careful of. Like I said earlier, if St. Paul had not have sensed 
that God had given himself to us in the incarnation in our Lord Jesus Christ and was therefore there with us, holding us, he would not have then given everything to be with him and to live his life with him. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who comforts us in all our tribulations, that we may be able to comfort those who are in trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by him. It's, it's a process. We receive from God. The next step is we give to others. So it's one thing to say, God, I trust you. I know you've given me all things, and so therefore I'm going to give of myself back to you. It's another thing, it's the next step to say, you know, God, because I've given myself to you and you've given me so much, I am now able to give to others. I've received in abundance. I've received in abundance. So therefore, I'm going to give. Give of myself to others. Reassure people. Give them love. Give them confidence. Give them comfort. Give them my time. Give them my attention. But in a healthy way. In a good way. In a way that says, I am your agent. I'm your disciple. In a way that says, I'm following your path. I know what you want me to do. And so therefore, going back to what we read at the beginning, not I anymore. Because actually when you think about it, I'm not giving myself anymore, I'm giving Christ. Does that make sense? It's a bit roundabout way. So I see the gift of God, I give up myself to Him and I'm filled by Him. So when I give to others, because I'm filled by him, I'm actually giving him in me, which is far more beautiful and precious than anything I could give of myself. When we try to give of ourselves, we can get it wrong. And when we try to give of ourselves, we sometimes give with strings attached. We expect things in return. But you know what? If I'm acting as a channel, I'm receiving this way and giving out that way, then I don't expect anything in return. Because the more I give, the more I receive. And the more I receive, the more I give. It's a constant motion. It's a constant motion. And that's what it means to live with Christ. St. Paul, writer of all these epistles, touched so many lives until today. You may like him, you may not like him, but you listen to him. You may agree with his views, you may disagree with some views, but his views are strong views. And now, 2,000 years later, we're still listening to him. Why? Because he was constantly receiving, and therefore constantly giving. You can be that person as well. 
we sometimes feel like we have nothing to give. We feel, we feel broken, we feel weak, we sometimes feel worthless. What do I have to give? That's a question that kills me when I hear it from young people. What do I have to give? What can I possibly give someone? Well, you personally, you've got wonderful gifts and God has given you wonderful things to give. But even if you don't want to consider that, which you should and you should hold valuable, even if you don't want to consider that, think that you give Christ in you. Give the image and likeness of Christ. Give the example of our Lord. Give the light of God. Now sometimes when you sit in a room and you listen to someone and you think, you give me peace. Have you met someone like that? They should walk into the room and you suddenly think, feel peaceful uh, your demeanor your, 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 your graciousness the way you look the way you sound the way you speak the way you bless people that's a huge gift that's a gift that doesn't necessarily come from you it comes from Christ in you but you're the vessel of all of that and that's the best way for us to be so Paul says I have been crucified with Christ, no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm living his life. I'm living because of his incarnation. I'm living because of his gift. And so therefore, I have that beauty to give. Acts 2, 44 and 45. Now all who believed were together and had all in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. Now I'm talking about one person who does that. What about if we all do that? I don't mean sell everything and set up a hippie commune. But what I do mean is is give of ourselves. Receive, make sure we spend time receiving, and give of ourselves. Imagine if we then shared all of that abundance, how much we would have. My abundance and yours and yours and yours, all coming together. All coming together. Imagine not not only how much we would affect and touch each other, imagine how much we would affect and touch the world, people around us. I can't tell you the number of times I've been at conventions or conferences, you know, in abroad or here sometimes, at a convention center at a hotel, where I'm stopped at the lobby by someone who says, uh, are you with this group? And I say, yes, I explain who I am and what I'm doing. And they'll say, you know, they're a wonderful group of young people. Just by seeing them, we've just sensed something very special about them. People notice. People realize. People see a difference. We've gone to restaurants with 
groups of youth at times. And they'll be having a good time, a little bit rowdy. And one time we apologized to the waitress, said, really sorry, they're rowdy. I said, you should see what other people get up to when they're here. At least we saw that they were having a good time, they were enjoying themselves, but they had a, a respect about them. They had a love about them. They had a courtesy about them. That's just a translation of being vessels of that light of God. That's who we can be. That's who we are. That's what it means to be crucified with him. Crucify the sin. Crucify the weakness. Crucify the humanity. Shed yourself of it. I remember one of the most traumatizing lessons I received in biology when I was growing up is how a snake sheds its skin. Now, you've all probably seen this, where you know a snake will go, wedge itself into something very tight, and just slither out of its skin. Yes, very disgusting. But it's in that crucifying, that nailing of what is old and coming out of it, that you have a new creation. In being crucified on the cross with Christ means we, we nail the defilement and the, and, and the brokenness and we come out with a newness. Those of you who attend St. Paul's with us will know there's quite a disturbing cross in the front, a crucifix, with a figure on it. Now, it took me a while to realize that it looks like Christ, but it's not Christ, and it's an empty shell. And the reflection behind it, although a nice reflection, still a little bit eerie, is that there's a resurrection. Now, theologically, body and spirit, the, 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 the humanity and divinity of Christ were all one. But the reflection is sometimes we need to leave that brokenness behind. And that's what it means to be crucified with him. When I leave that brokenness behind, then it is not I long, any longer who live, but Christ who lives in me, that newness that comes out. And this new life that I have is because he's given me the resurrection. Beautiful reflection, a beautiful way of living. That really all we need to do is to be vessels and conduits of God's love. That he may shine through us and may touch the world through us and we may leave the defilement behind and only live in that glory that is his. Glory be to God forever. Amen.